0: Being a geek is all about being honest about what you enjoy and not being afraid to demonstrate that affection. It means never having to play it cool about how much you like something. It's basically a license to proudly emote on a somewhat childish level rather than behave like a supposed adult. Being a geek is extremely liberating. Those were the words of Simon Pegg, I'm Luke Hector and you're listening to The Broken Meeple. Episode 19 The UK Games Expo Special Welcome to this expo special, I devote my time to talking about my experiences with the expo in general, people that I met, the games that I played and some highlights that maybe you should keep a lookout for and then at the end I give a rather unique top 10 list, my top 10 tips for surviving a games expo. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the podcast. It actually just dawned on me that I'm on episode 19. It was—it feels like only yesterday when I started on episode 1, but we're almost up to 20. Oh well, not stopping yet. This episode is more of a special. Um, it's going to be a slight change of format. You will have noticed the intro was a bit different. I found that quote by Simon Pegg recently and I thought it was a very good quote that summarized kind of like my feelings about being a board game geek myself and I thought it would make a nice fitting intro to the podcast. Um, I've also been away for a while, so that's why the content's been a little bit low, because I've, well, one, I've been busy, and two, I spent three days at the UK Games Expo. Funny enough, that's what this podcast is about. And obviously, when you've done that, and you've got to fit work and everything else on top, it's difficult to get ahead of yourself on everything. But let us be sure the content is coming, I have got a video review of Hanabi being uploaded this weekend, a written review of Alien Frontiers, the 4th edition, and obviously there is this podcast, and more unboxing videos and how-to-plays are in the works, so don't be, don't be, you know, don't be scared, more stuff is coming, it's just a case of getting it all done and dusted, you know, time is limited. But enough with that, I'm going to get on with the expo in general, and first talk about some highlights in terms of games that I saw whilst I was there. First up I'm going to talk about a little two player abstract game that I'd been tracking for a while. I couldn't find it in stores, it wasn't an easy one to find and I wasn't sure if I wanted it anyway because even though I'd heard Z Garcia uh, you know, give it the beans on Dice Tower a lot I wasn't sure if I would like it but I do enjoy a good little abstract game now and again but two player it's hard for me to justify purchasing a two player game because most of the time I'm playing in groups, I live alone so therefore there's nobody running around the place that can easily play a game with me And it just makes me sort of hard to justify the cost of two players unless they are cheap or unless they really stick out. So this one is Hive by Gen42 Games. They have a stand in the trade halls devoted to all their Hive games and a couple of other little ones that were mostly for kids. So I kind of ignored those. But they had the various versions of Hive. So Hive Carbon, Hive Pocket, the Normal Hive with the expansion tokens as well. And Hive is a cool little two player abstract game where you've got these very chunky tiles with various bug symbols on them. You have to place them on the board to surround your opponent's bee and each tile has a restriction on where it can be placed and also the bug dictates what special move it can do once it's on the table. Some can circle around the entire pile, some move various spaces, some can leapfrog, some eat others. It's a very cool little abstract game. I mean, it's not like the, it's not a thematic game, it's abstract, but it's cool, it's short and I instantly fell in love with it and bought the Hive pocket version so I've now got a bag full of cool little tiles, including spiders, um, on my shelf. So I hope to be able to show people this uh, in the future. So like I say, that that was a good little 2-player abstract game, and that was a good highlight for now. Moving on is also a very a, a similar a similar area 2-player abstract, but I wanted to give a special mention to the Hotwood Game Store. They were in the trade halls, and they were—they seem to specialize more in really little mini games. We're talking quick card games, quick abstract games, very quick and easy to learn. Very you no, know, but some require thinkiness. They're just like those cool little nice little games that can literally fill out one drawer on your shelf, and you can have tons of them. You know, these are the sort of games that I do like to grab every now and again. They had a few on show. The main one they were sort of praising was—I'm uh, not even going to try and pronounce the name. I think it's like. Uh, dodecker or something like that um i apologize for not really knowing the name but uh, it basically was a push of luck game where you flipped cards off a deck and if it got to a certain numbered total you ended up picking up all the cards and this was bad because at the end of the game you only scored one of the colors you had and the rest of everything in your hand was a negative point quick easy simple nice little push of luck game but not usually one for me because I don't tend to go for pusher luck like, games uh, that often. You know, I tend to get bored with them after a while. But the one that I really liked on their store, and again, I, I apologize in advance. You know, if you want me to, you know, praise the best of your game, make it a name that I can pronounce. Because this one, I just can't remember how you pronounced it. It was like Mijinlef or left or something. Um, I'll give you the spelling. It was M-I-J-N-L-I-E-F-F. So you can see why I'm having trouble pronouncing that name. But this was the two-player abstract that they had in store, and I came so close to buying it. I may actually still buy it in the future, because I was that intrigued by it. It kind of reminds me of the Duke. The Duke has tiles that you pull out of a bag, and they have symbols on them that dictate how they move. Well, this is similar in that respect. You don't pull them out of a bag. They're on a grid board. It's made out of four grid wooden tiles, and you have the same amount of tiles each, And each one has a symbol on it dictating the restrictions as to where the opponent can place their next piece. The idea is is that you're trying to get three different symbols in a row or four different symbols in a row and score points by the end of the game. It's simple. The tiles are really nice. They're wooden and they're laser cut. So they look really gorgeous actually for, you know, for a 12-quid game. And the thinkiness is off the charts. You'd think a simple game wouldn't get you to think that much. Uh, No, I'm wrong you play this game and i was just there in the demo and i was there hard and fought trying to think of the best next move to do with the the owner of the game and to be honest yeah i needed some help from him in order to beat him but it was still a really cool game and the best thing that i loved about this one though was not just a simple case of you know you might think oh it's just not you're on a four by four square two by two square board and you just place a bunch of tiles this is going to get old really quickly now here's the cool thing the Two by When I say two by two board, it's because each tile that represents the board has got four squares on it, and you place them all together for like the beginner game, just in a normal square. So it's effectively a two by two, you know, two tile by two tile board, but I think you're talking four by four square in terms of the grid. But you can position those tiles in any way you like. So you can change the layout of the board before you even start the game in any way, shape or form, whatever your imagination can think of. You can have you know just one big long line, you can slide them so that there's gaps, like little bits where like you can bottleneck people. It's that that I found really cool. That was a major thumbs up for me. I thought, you know, to put that much variation and that much potential replayability in a small abstract game, I came this close to buying it, but I had already sorted out my deal with Hive and I wasn't sure if I needed a second one. And also, again, we're going back to my issue of finding too many two-player games and not having the means to play those two-player games as often I would like. Hopefully, this will change in the future. I know straining the violin, but it's at some point I hope to be able to play more of these two-player games because I do enjoy them quite a bit. And that's not to say that I'm not going to acquire this abstract game. I think it could still be on the list, but it's something that I need to consider a bit more. I couldn't really just buy it as a spur of the moment thing at the expo, despite the fact that I kind of did that with a few other things. But that's Hotwood Games, so give them a look. Check out their website. They're good people, and you know their games are pretty solid. So check them out. Moving on from that, we then have Lords of War. This was a card game done by Black Box Games, and they had a massive stall devoted to this, with loads of demos going on for it. And it's a two-player card game where you lay your, you choose a race, like Orcs, Dwarfs, Undead, that kind of thing. And you all have infantry, cavalry, and artillery, like various different like, units that you can place on the board. And each one plays very differently. They, they, some are tougher, some are more tacky, some are like slippery, they can move around the place. You lay them out on the grid board, a bit like playing chess in a sense. And there's really good artwork on the cards. And the idea is, is that they have different values for attack on various different arcs around the card. So you have to place them in such a way that they're attacking the enemy, but that they're not exposing their flank, if you see what I mean. And then the object of the game is just to kill 20 of the opponent's army or kill four of their generals, which are basically harder cards. This was really good. I like this one as well. It is similar to Summoner Wars. This was a slight issue I had, though, because, yes, it It has got differences. Summoner Wars requires you doing things with magic and you're going for your deck, whereas this one, you've got your hand you can choose to pull things off off the board, you don't have that magic aspect, it's purely about the fighting hand-to-hand and like range combat, but even with the similarities they do play very differently. Problem is I had already bought uh, the master set for Summoner Wars in the Brin and Buy sale which I'll get onto later but I couldn't justify the cost of buying this one at the time because it was £12 for two races which is pretty good, that'll get you enough games for a start but then me, with completionist syndrome, thinks, right, well, hang on, there's six races, so therefore I want to buy all three packs, so that's 30 pound. There was a called cool playmat, which I am a sucker for playmats, so you make the game a lot better to play, that's another tenner. And then there was a weather and terrain pack, which really does improve the game when you use it, but again, it was another fiver. So we're talking 45 quid for me to complete the set, and it's a two-player game. I just... Two-player games are just hard for me to buy. If I had more time to fit in two-player games more often, then I would love it and I would have bought it. But it's just difficult for me to justify that much of an expense, especially now that I've got some of the wars, and even though they do play differently, I would struggle to find that much of a difference between the two that I think, right, well, I've got some of the wars. I can also have Lords of War. That's not to say I didn't like the game. The game is very good. I had a great time. It's very thinky and it's very simple to play i mean you could teach this to someone in less than 5 minutes and instantly get into a very deep strategic game very cool very nice and the playmat looks gorgeous the artwork is gorgeous especially the undead the undead look amazing in that game they were the, that was the race i was tempted to buy just because of the artwork and the playmat alone they are very nice but if you haven't checked it out i recommend you do the website i believe is just lords of if not just google search lords of war card game and you will easily find it it's by Black Box Games and if you haven't got some of the wars or if you have and you're thinking oh, I need something a bit different or you just need another two-player thinky card game with a lot of tactical depth into it then give this one a look. Very good, Lords of War. And then finally before I get on to the expo in general I'm going to talk about Mexican Wrestling Dice uh, by Black, sorry, Black Spindle Games. Uh, the designer Mark Rivera, I had an interview with him actually. You can look on the UK Gaming Media Network site or look on my channel I think I need to share the video and put it up properly but it will eventually be there and I was able to do a nice little 20 minute interview with him about how the game was designed how it plays what sort of demographic he's aiming for that kind of thing and really nice bloke uh, and it you know the game itself is just one of those silly little fillers you you've got your Mexican wrestler with its own special abilities you roll dice kind of like in a sort of Kino of Tokyo style way and depending on what you roll, you can do things like pin your opponent, smack them, you know, use weapons, that kind of thing. And all the rest of those are really unique, they're really colourful, it's silly artwork. And one of the best things that they've got in the Kickstarter for the second edition version is a ring, an actual ring that you roll the dice in. So you construct this ring, you've got your guys, and you roll the dice in this ring. It's you could almost call it superfluous, but it's just it really looks cool when it's laid out. And even if you think it's superfluous, you're still going to construct and use the thing because it just looks that cool. Having this wrestling ring that you chuck the dice in, and it's been going very well. It's already funded on Kickstarter as of today or yesterday, I believe, and it's going into its stretch goals. It's the second edition version. Uh, you can upgrade your first edition version on the Kickstarter as well, so that's really good. And it was it was a good blast. I you know I didn't get a chance to. Uh, play the game but I had fun talking to the designer about it the game looks really good and at my local Chichester board games club it has been getting a lot of praise by those that have played it so um, it's a shame that I didn't get a chance to play it you know time was limited but it looks cool I'm very tempted to back it just because I like these sort of fun filler games that are always good and the idea of throwing stuff into a Mexican ring does actually sound pretty cool um, but otherwise yeah give it a shot Backspindle Spindle Games by Mark Rivera Look for Luchador Mexican Wrestling Dice. Okay, now I'm just going to briefly go over how I felt about the expo in general. The Games Expo was held at the Birmingham Hilton uh, NEC Metro Hotel, and I really enjoyed it. This is the first games convention I've ever been to. I Well, sort of. I've been to... I, f- oh, I forget what it's called it's a video games convention that's held in London uh, every now and again it just specializes in video games oh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head but that is different that was more video games this is just board games and this is the first one I've ever done of that I could have gone last year but it was a bit short notice because when I got back into board gaming it was a week before the last expo and a week was too short notice to suddenly go right I know nobody I know nothing about you know what newest games are out I'm going to go to the expo and just get flooded with information yeah not the best idea so I went this year and it was no regrets about it I got to meet a lot of the mates that I know locally who went up and I also got to meet loads of folks that I knew on Twitter and Facebook in terms of you know being on the blogging and social media front I do apologize now in advance. If I don't remember your name, it's nothing personal, okay? I really suck at names. You have to tell me a name probably about 10 times before it will dig into my skull. So I tend to remember people by face more than anything, and I usually tend to remember them more by their Twitter names, if anything, because that's obviously the first thing I see all the time. So if I can't remember your name and you don't call yourself by your name on Twitter and that, I do apologize if I've forgotten your name. It's nothing personal, you know, a few people forget mine it's understandable you know names just for some reason don't stick in my head unless I've met you like 20 times in life I still have problems at local games clubs with it it's just something about my sort of lack of memory I suppose it's a hit and miss affair but anyway I'm digressing the expo in general there was a lot of action going on I mean this was busy very busy The places were queuing up like crazy and you had to get there early in order to find anything. I didn't get get a chance to go to any of the seminars though because one of my main highlights was obviously teaching people games that I had in my collection. I wanted to show them. And also Saturday I spent most of the time in the Android Netrunner Open Regionals Tournament hoping to see if I could make a stand with only about two to three months of Android Netrunner experience and two decks which were... Well, one was against the Meta, you know, the Professor, not a deck that a beginner usually goes around with. And the other one was Cerebral Imaging, with has thyroid, which, again, is not a beginner deck. And it kind of fell apart, really. I, it just relied on a combo that if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it just fell apart. So it wasn't a deck that's ever going to get used again. But... I digress that and that tournament took a lot of time on the Saturday so I had to basically use my whole Sunday for going around trade halls and the various like demo games and doing the interviews with the UK Gaming Media Network that was scary I had a first first interview I've ever done first time I've ever done a live interview well I'll say live it was live at the expo but technically I was in front of a camera um, but you know you got people walking around they can hear and see what you're doing so it's a bit of both. But I got to chat to Mark Rivera about his Mexican wrestling dice game, and I also got to chat to another bloke about uh, a new football game that's been out called uh, Next England Captain. Interesting little football game. Uh, it's I believe it's starting on Kickstarter very soon. I'm not sure if it has yet, but it's effectively like a sort of parody on man, like being an England captain. So give it a shot on look for it, Next England Captain on Kickstarter soon and see what you think. But it was great going around the trade halls because the trade halls were busy, there were all these retail stores that I had heard of but never actually met the people. Uh, like Games Law. I never actually met Paul who owns the place but then I got a chance to see him and actually have a chat with him properly. I already am friends with Nigel from GamesQuest, he had a fairly large stall there doing quite well. I made some purchases from there including Russian Railroads which I swear that was, like, the only copy I could find these days. And also some Marvel Dice Master boosters because I couldn't resist. Oh, well, what you know, what you, well, try and stop it. It's a collectible game. It's going to happen. Uh, there were other various, like, demo games being done, anything from Concept to Camelot the Build to, you know, the various Kickstarters that I've mentioned, like Mexican Wrestling Dice and Hotwood Games, that sort of thing, Lords of War, Hive. But other ones as well that I'm uh, afraid that I didn't get a chance to play. I think there's one called Frankenstein's Bodies that I wasn't able to get a chance to play. There was another one called, I think, Every Round Counts or something, which was a, a drinking, well, not a drinking game, literally, but, you know, the theme is drinking in the bar. And another one that I bought, actually, which was called Boss Monster. And I have no idea if I'm going to like this game or not. It's a two-to-four-player game. I... I believe it I don't think it's deck building but you've all got your own sort of deck and you're building dungeons and that but the reason I bought it straight off the bat because a it wasn't that expensive and b the graphics are like pixel tactics you know they're pixelated nostalgia to like old Nintendo games and that so I just know that I and several friends of mine are just going to latch onto this game by the artwork alone with all these really funny pixelated graphical pictures on there so I look forward to giving that a test drive and seeing how that goes but when not at the trade halls, I spent a lot of time also in the main Monarch suite, which was obviously where people met to play games. Now, I, I didn't get a chance to try a lot of new games, which was a bit of a shame, really. Uh, but I did get a chance to show people some of my games that I had, and also a couple from the library that I had played but not owned. So I had fun just teaching people how to play games, including friends of mine and new faces that I'd met. But... Again, it was great to meet a lot of the Twitter folk that I've known and just never met before. Because you chat to these people on Twitter and you get on well with them. But you never really sort of, well, you you know, it's difficult. You never get a chance to meet them face-to-face because they're all over the country. But I got to meet Go Halfs on Games. You know, very, very nice couple that play games often and were a good laugh to be with. I got to meet the folks from Board Game Hour. They do a very reg- they do a regular sort of hour Twitter chat on various gaming topics. They're very popular. I'd say give them, you know find them on Twitter and give them a look see. I was able to meet the Croydon Board Gamers Club. There's several people that I've chatted to on there, and they were all there. Got to know them. Very friendly people, and there were just lots of these people that I'd not met before. Got to meet on the podcast. Sorry, not on the podcast. Got to meet on Twitter, and then meet in face to face. And I met some, you know, I got some new followers on Twitter as a result of meeting new people who I hadn't heard of before, but we're at the expo and we're friends with others. So it just, it was, it felt like a community. You, it felt like we were part of this huge community that wanted everyone to enjoy games. You know, nobody was hating on each other's podcasts or anything like that. Nobody was trying to say I'm better or more popular than yours or anything like that. You know, we're we're adults. We're not as shallow as that kind of thing but we were just enjoying games uh, playing games with each other we had a giant uh, two rooms and a boom set up for a couple of games that was a good laugh where we basically used up half the room in order to actually do that but when you're playing 15 players aside you know 15 on blue 15 on red that can generate a lot of laughs so you know in general i did have a good time with the gaming aspect of it if I was going to pick out any flaws, though, it was the fact that the place was too busy. I mean, okay, yes, it's a convention. It's busy. This is going to happen. But unfortunately, there was a bit of an underestimation as to how popular certain things were going to be. I mean, the trade hall areas were quite cramped. You know, there wasn't a huge amount of space to walk in between people. And obviously, on Saturday, I didn't go on Saturday. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I hear, I hear that was um, like a massive cluster problem. Sunday it was a lot quieter so it was easier to move around. But the other problem was bring and buy. Now I brought some games to sell, uh, only like three games, and the bring and buy was great. I found some really cool stuff to buy for cheap and there was a lot of stuff to look at and it was interesting to see some old nostalgia games. Like several people were selling their Hero Quest games and oh, if they had them in better nick or if I really found that I was ever going to play them again, I would have got it just for nostalgia value alone. But there were some people who were charging far too much for their games. But that just happens. It's the same on eBay, really, isn't it? But the problem was is that the bring-and-buy was in a fairly small room. And everybody wanted to go to this bring-and-buy. And everybody wanted to sell their games and RPG books. And the people that were selling the RPG books were the worst. Because some people bought crates of board games to sell. And that takes long enough to stick on. I mean, I only bought three. Seriously, how many games do these people own that they're able to sell that many board games, you know? And even with the advanced booking thing and some people didn't bother with the advanced booking, which doesn't help, but the ones who were selling the books, they would have like a practically a wardrobe full of comics and books and when you think that like two people, two poor people have to sit there and tag each one and like check it on the list and then put it somewhere, when you're just talking like a three quid comic book and you've got like 50 to 100 of them. The queue for selling your stuff was just obscene. It took me ages to sell just my free games. And then it took me a while just to queue up and find out how they were doing, you know. And then you go around the actual bring and Buy bit, and there's loads of people grabbing it stuff. I mean, I mean, it really is. a You know, get it while you can. I grabbed the master set of some of the wars. It was barely opened. And it was in very good nick for £20, I believe it was. Yep, £20 and if I hadn't have taken it somebody instantly would have nabbed it off me and several like other people I was there with you know other podcasters that would have also nicked it straight off me so this was like quickly like grab it quick <clears throat> you because know, that sells like twice the money normally and it's a nice looking master set you get a cool board you get six decks that is plenty of stuff for me to get my money's worth and test the game out and hopefully get a review of that in the long run but I picked up a few other things at the buy. Uh, I can see Forensic on my shelf, which is a Euro sort of tower building game. Not one that you can find in English edition or very easily, but I got very lucky. Twenty pound bought it, and you know that's probably one of the better finds I had. I what else did I buy? I know mean, I bought something else. I'm just looking at. Oh yes, <laughs> how could I forget? I got. I, I like to claim that I got goaded by a friend to buy this game. But in essence it was really just me going, oh, I've heard so much about it on the Dice Tower, it's cheap, I gotta find out what all the fuss is about and for three pounds there was a nineteen seventy one edition of Diplomacy. Not in the best nick, I mean obviously it's nineteen seventies game and it probably wasn't, you know, taken care of that well. But I'm talking three quid. Three quid. Less than a pint in a hotel basically. And I get a game that we can test out, we can see how many friendships are destroyed as a result of playing this game because it's mean, very mean. But at least I'll get a chance to try it and then give my thoughts on it. It was just nostalgia alone and for £3 I thought, why not? It was just there, it was just asking to be bought and I'm sure someone else would have bought it if I hadn't. By the time you got to the end of the Brin and Buy it was mostly just rubbish games that nobody had heard of and nobody wanted so it sort of dried up eventually but for the first couple of days oh it was good it was good to see those games there there was a lot to buy it was very popular and it will be the first place I go to next time you know hopefully they'll put it in a bigger room or something because they know how popular it is but that depends on where the venue is we don't even know if it's still at the Hilton or not well I, I don't anyway maybe somebody else knows more than I do on that subject but you know bring them by Very good, just very crowded, very hectic. And it was a case of, oh, God, you know, you had to devote time to it. So that was a bit of a shame. And, you know, maybe the place just needs, I mean, Birmingham, Hilton is big enough as it is, but it needs to be bigger. We need a big venue for the expo because loads of people turn up for this. You know, we need all the space we can get. Even if you buy too much space, what the hell? Just charge a tiny bit of extra money. People will pay for it. What are we paying? £20 for three days worth of tickets? Twenty pound? That is nothing. You pay more than that for a board game. So up the price to £30 pound for three days or something, and then just buy a massive venue. I'll bet it. And I'm sure most people could save up £30. Pound. I mean some you know if you're if you're into the board gaming hobby, you're not that strapped for cash because you're buying board games for a start. So, you know, give it a try and see how that works. But on top on top of that. Uh, generally the theme of the expo was really good the cosplayers that are running around in their gear looked great there was a fantastic doctor who lookalike at the front with a red dalek holding a charity pot and a tardis you know i'm a massive doctor who fan so that was just like oh yeah gotta get photos and there was i didn't get to meet the guy but he, he had one of those yellow daleks that looked very authentic from the recent series and it could do the noises it could do the speech the sound effects and that and he could, had a remote control for it I want one. I want one of those Daleks. I want one in the corner of my room that I can just like ropes up to the front door. As soon as someone opens it, exterminate them. That, that would make my day just being able to do that. I want one of those Daleks. But on top of that, we had some great Star Wars people with very nice looking lightsabers. You had uh, Boba Fett running around in all his gear. I think there's a photo up on my blog for that. There was, you know, there was predators. There was all sorts of random aliens and sci-fi heroes and villains I'd not even heard of. And, you know, okay, yes, I'm male, so I'm not apologizing for this. But there were a lot of nice-looking girls wandering around in various other, like, cosplay styles. And it was just, ah, you know, the theme just came out. It was a great place to be. Really enjoyed it. And, you know, you will find me there next year. However, I'm learning from a few mistakes I made in terms of preparation and what I went and done, but you'll hear more about those on the top 10 list when we get round to that. In fact, what am I thinking of? Let's get on to the top 10 list now. Okay, this is the top 10 tips for surviving a Games Expo. Now obviously I've only been to one expo so I am not a Games Expo expert here but these were observations that i made when thinking about how i was going to prepare for the event what i actually did to prepare for the event and obviously when i got there and experienced the event what i would change for next time so these take them with a pain of pain take them with a pinch of salt and you know if they're useful for you then i'm glad of it if you've got some other tips that you want to share with people then put them on the comments on the site or you know talk to us on twitter on facebook page You know, it's great to hear from you guys, and I would like to invite more comments on GeekList and Facebook and Twitter posts and even on the blog itself. There is a way to post comments on the blog, so, you know, I would like people to do it. I want to hear your thoughts. I will relay them in other podcast episodes. So, you know, get in touch. That's what I'm saying. But I digress. This is the top 10 tips for surviving a Games Expo. Number 10. When I got to the Games Expo, it took me a long time to park, a really long time. This was not helped by the fact that they had several other events going on at the Hilton whilst we were there on Friday, but the car park is not big enough. The car park needs to be bigger, and it was just getting packed and packed, and it took me ages before I found a space, and even then, it was a tight space, and I only fit into it because I drive a Suzuki Swift Sport, and I have a small car. Now, what I am saying in this tip, though, is that you should carpool to this event if possible. Get the train even so you don't have to park, although that depends if you can get easy access to the hotel itself. But certainly, if you're going to drive up, carpool, share with people. Bring as few cars as you possibly can and then try and fit in the car park. I mean, get there early so you can get a space. But if you try and come up in separate cars, you are not going to find enough parking spaces to get you in. And it's going to cause issues when you're trying to transport stuff from the car to the hotel or vice versa, wherever you are. If you're staying in a different hotel, that's fine. But if you're staying at the Hilton or at the actual venue event, or if you were planning to just visit for the day, that sort of thing, then get there early and carpool because it's just a nightmare to fit your car in any spaces. And there are far too many lazy and arrogant parkers in the world. Sorry for a slight rant and raise a voice there, but I am sick and tired of people who don't or don't know how or can't be bothered to park in the lines, okay? It's not difficult. It's one of the main things you learn on your driving test. Get between the white lines. Stop being arrogant. Stop being selfish and park properly, okay? (sighs) And breathe. And on to number nine. Number nine. For number nine, this is more a personal thing that I'm going to make certain for next year, although it's not as bad if you stay in the hotel itself. But if you're certainly coming from a different hotel or just traveling there for a day and that, do not bring tons of games with you. Because, well, I mean, if you're going to the bring and buy, that's different. You went there to sell them and that's okay. But, I mean, in terms of playing games with others, don't bring too many. And certainly don't bring the heaviest ones that you've got. Because, for one, they have a board game library. So you've got access to a fair few games already, even though they're Nick and whether they're expanded, that kind of thing. It's not always, um, you know, evident in that respect. But the idea is, is that when you're walking around the place and going up and downstairs and walking down long corridors and that, you are carrying a heavy baggage on you. And I had a holdall and a rucksack full of games. I brought Sentinels of the Multiverse with me. I didn't even get a chance to play it, um, which was. Really annoying because I bought it and it weighs a ton when you've got all the expansions in it. So you might find that you're carrying around a big weight for nothing. So be careful when you're loading yourself up with games. Get you know Share the load or store them in your hotel room. Do not carry them all around with you during the day. And if you're coming from elsewhere, then really just be careful about what you buy. Bear in mind, you are going to be carrying that around with you all day. Your shoulders and back are not going to like you for it. So a quick one for number nine. I'm going to maybe tone down the heavy games that I bring next year and maybe focus on lighter ones. Maybe the odd heavy one. Or maybe I might just bring more bags to bring them in, but we'll get onto the bags a bit later. So number nine, just lighten the load. Number eight. Number eight is more of a personal thing for me because I am going to make certain I do this next year. Be aware of the lengths of the tournaments that you are entering for. Now, there was a lot of choice for tournaments, some that I didn't even believe should have tournaments, but there were loads of card game tournaments, loads of miniature tournaments, loads of board game tournaments, you know, and I was in the Android Netrunner one because I enjoy Android Netrunner and I really wanted to get some experience from decent players about what is wrong with my decks and my way of playing. And I learned quite a bit from there. So I hope to improve and go to like more local tournaments and see how I get on in Android Netrunner. The problem is is that tournaments are going to take up time at the expo when you could be doing other things like playing games with the people that you've met or going around those trade halls. And believe me, you never feel there's enough time to fit everything in. And when your tournament is focused on one game and it takes most of the day to finish, you're going to regret afterwards that you spent all your time doing that. Now, some tournaments were quick. I believe there was a Pandemic the Cure tournament that was really quite short, but then that's a quick game. There were other tournaments that were less popular, uh, you know, the Seven Wonders and Agricola and stuff like that, Settlers of Catan, where the tournament was done and dusted within maybe two to three hours, that kind of thing. But the Netrunner one was going to be popular because there was a chance to play in the Nationals and also go to the Worlds. And obviously it overbooked. I mean, it was originally 64. I think it went up to like 72 at the end or something like that. It was a stupid amount of players. But the tournament took us eight hours. You had to do six rounds of like two separate games, so six hours minimum, then you had lunch break, then you had breaks in between, you had to wait for other players to finish, and then you had the giving away sort of award thing at the end, and it just took eight hours, and by the end of it, I mean I like Android Netrunner, but even I was burned out on the game after eight hours of play, I really wanted to just go and meet the people that I was with and just play a variety of games. So I'm probably going to opt out of the Android Netrunner one next year because I just think that's too low and I don't have the skill to get to, like, well, if I get good enough that I could possibly win or get to the last round of it, maybe I'll reconsider. But chances are eight hours is just too long. It really is. I Smaller tournaments would be better. You know, if it was half the length, say four to five hours max, that would have been more bearable. But by the end of the eight hours, I was really just, I knew I wasn't going to do very well. And I just wanted to get out of that tournament and go play some other stuff. But I didn't have the heart to just drop out. So be aware. If you're going to go in for tournaments, I would say make sure they're short ones. Especially if you want to fit everything in the time and do other things. If you want to do an 8 hour tournament of Android Netrunner and you enjoy it that much, great. But just be aware, there's only so much time in the day and the trade halls don't open 24 hours. So you are going to need to make sure you can fit everything in. So, number eight, be aware of the lengths of tournaments. Number seven. Number seven, bring bags. And I don't just mean bags for carrying around the games you're going to play. I mean bring spare bags. The expo is notorious for you wanting to buy lots of stuff, whether at the bring and buy or at the trade halls themselves. So you're going to be needing to carry those things around and not every trade hall has a big collection of bags and even if they did they would probably run out fairly soon and the bring and buy doesn't have bags. Once you buy something at the bring and buy you're carrying it as it is. So I was quite lucky that I bought a big bag, a giant sort of jumbo bag that I could fit a lot of games into and carry it around but even then that was you know being a heavy weight to carry around. So very quickly I don't think there's much more I can say on this one just you know bring bags make sure you've got means of carrying the stuff that you're gonna buy especially if you're able to store it in the car for later or store it in your hotel room just have an easy way to carry it because you're gonna you you know your back and shoulders are gonna like you more for it and you're gonna have an easier time getting that stuff home so very quickly number seven just bring lots of bags number six Number six is something that I was already prepared for, so I did quite well for it. But hotels in particular are expensive when it comes to food. They really are. And drinks in particular as well. Now, we were quite lucky that we were able to get a Domino's pizza deal where it was like 50% off a of pizza and that. But, you know, I'm a health freak. I like to be able to eat healthily. And eating pizza every night is not something I fancy doing, even though I did om nom nom on a lot of pizza during that time. But I'm saying that tip number six is bring snacks. snacks. Bring stuff that you can eat. Bring it, smuggle it into the hotel. It's not like they can really notice, and just carry it around with you in your bag when you're taking games around. I am a health freak, so I bought a lot of apples and bananas to eat. And after eating breakfast buffet at the hotel, I kind of raided it for a few little sort of snack bars, you know, like little cereal bars, that kind of thing, and some extra fruit. And it's just handy to have that around with you when you get a bit peckish. You can just numb on a piece of fruit, on a cereal bar, that kind of thing. And avoid eating chocolate and all the unhealthy stuff. I mean, okay, if you want to eat unhealthy stuff, that's fine. I'm the health freak. You might not be. But I'm just saying that it's expensive buying meals at the hotel. So if you can, I mean, I do recommend as a health freak that you should have proper meals. But that's not always going to be easy and expert. And it certainly isn't going to be cheap. So you either spend the money to get those meals or you do what I did and just buy a lot of, well, bring a lot of snackable items that you can just pick out, eat, and it should fill you up for the day. So number six, bring snacks if you think that you're on a budget in terms of food. Number five Number five is an accommodation issue. Now, obviously, some people will be on a budget. They can't afford to stay in the most expensive hotel that there is. They might have only just been able to afford to get up to Birmingham to go to the expo. And I understand that. But if you've got the money to spare or if you've got time to save up, I really recommend staying in wherever the venue is held. I stayed in the Hilton one and I booked early, so I was able to get something like 60 pound a night in a sort of single room for the three days, you know, so 180 for the full stay. Yes, that's not cheap. Some people were able to go to the holiday inns nearby and get like 20 pound a night or something like that. But then you've got to travel from there to there. You've got to stick around for the day. It's not like you've got an easy drop-off point or anything. And obviously you've got that problem with parking that I mentioned before but I am going to continue to stay at the venue no matter what it's just so much easier to to manage going around with the games that you buy the games that you want to play the stuff that you get the trade halls that kind of thing and it just works well so I, I do recommend staying at the venue you're going to be because you can just so if you need a rest you can go up and take five minutes you can you obviously got tea and refreshments in your room you can get room service and bits like paper and all that to help in the mornings. You've got somewhere to change if you're getting a bit like a little bit sweaty in that, and obviously you can drop off games. So once you've bought a load of stuff and it's getting a bit heavy, you can just walk up to your room, drop it off, and then continue on refreshed. It really does save a lot of hassle and a lot of bother if you stay in the venue of the expo. Granted, if you can't afford it, that's fine. But try and be close at least, so it's not like at the other side of you know other side of Birmingham, for example it really does help staying in the venue itself it's something I don't regret even though it cost me a little bit extra I'm going to do this from now on stay at the hotel number four number four now well I mentioned about queuing uh, and the fact that everything was busy well the solution to that for a lot of things is get up early get up early and you know make sure that you get your breakfast and everything like that sorted you know if you're staying in the hotel make sure you get up early for breakfast because that queued up like crazy and I made a mistake of not doing that on the Saturday and that was like oh that was quite painful but on Sunday and Friday I made the effort to get up early and it worked like a treat because you just zoomed through or well I don't say zoomed through but it was only a lot better and same goes with the bring and buy get there early so you can actually get to the table and get to your stuff sold because if you don't you're going to be queuing for ages in there And generally, I'm just saying, you know, make sure you get up early. I know I'm not a morning person and I know a lot of you aren't as well. But believe me, you're going to want to get there early because it's just going to cause problems if you're there late. You'll spend most of your time queuing and nobody likes queuing. Seriously. I mean, honestly, if one of you out there actually likes queuing, then what's wrong with you? I mean, seriously, what is there to enjoy about queuing? I can't imagine any Brit that likes queuing you know so i don't know where that's going to come from but anyway digressing i'm just saying you know get up early make sure you get things like breakfast and that sorted quick and out of the way and then obviously turn up early for any events where you know it's going to be busy because it will just save you a lot of hassle later number three number three well you could link this one to the last one i'm saying get up early in tip number four Tip three is kind of linked to this, get a lot of sleep. So some people like to play till early morning hours and then get like three hours sleep and then start again. Now granted, if you can do that, that's fine. I'm not saying you need to go to bed at 10 and then get up at five or something, you know. But I mean, I was going to bed around the midnight area, mostly, and I think I did have one late night and I kind of regretted it the next morning because obviously you need to get up early. But I'm just saying get enough sleep. Get enough sleep so that you are comfortable to do everything the next day because you're going to be worn out at the end of this expo, believe me. And the last thing you want is when you're playing games with people, especially new people who don't know you that well, if you're really tired and irritated when playing games and teaching it, it's going to ruin the experience, not just for you but for other people. And you will feel a lot better if you're refreshed in the morning with a decent night's sleep and some good food at the breakfast buffet wherever you're staying. So very, very quick, just link to number four. Get up early, but also get some decent sleep. Number two. The number two, this is, again, going to depend on your budget and how comfortable you are carrying a lot of this around. But I'm saying bring a lot of cash, cash in hand. Now, the Birmingham Hilton thing had had an ATM but it broke on a couple of occasions and you would get a queue for it as well and it charged which I hate ATMs that charge but I was forced to use it once and I couldn't help it because the bring and buy thing will not have card terminals some game stores will have card terminals but they may not necessarily work especially if they do it on their phones or anything and you can't get a decent signal which a lot of the rooms in there didn't have a signal to the internet so a lot of the time you are going to be spending cash in hand in order to buy the stuff that you are there for so you need to have a lot. We're talking a couple hundred quid in cash easily, because you're going to be buying games, and you know you might buy a game that's 30, 40 forty pound by itself. Well, There's a lot of your cash already gone. Now, if you're not comfortable about carrying a lot of cash around with you, get a very secure wallet that's tight. You know, wear tr- trousers where the wallet is tight against your leg, so you can't, you know, you can't possibly misplace it. You know, put a chain on your wallet attached to your belt, so nobody can suddenly whip it out of your pocket. I mean, I'm not saying people do, but. You know, know, we're we're gamers here, but you can't be too certain. So take precautions. But I am saying that you are going to need a lot of cash in hand in order to be able to survive the trade hauls and the bring and buy sale. So I'm going to bring more cash in hand next year, and I will take whatever precautions are necessary to secure it. And then if you're worried about going to sleep with a lot of cash in your room, well, if you're staying in the hotel, they come with safes. I used it for my iPad and keys and that. So use it for your wallet as well. Stick your wallet in your safe when you don't need it you know keep your cash in there when you don't want to carry a lot of cash in your wallet during the evening when you're playing games you know you can just take the cash out and put it in the safe it's pretty secure in there but you know do not take no cash thinking that you can just buy everything on card that might get you might be able to get away with that when you go to the bar or the hotel restaurant but you're not going to be able to get away with it when you go to the trade halls and the bring and buy so number two bring some cash in hand with you And finally, number one. And for number one, this is kind of linked to number six when I mentioned about snacks, but drink water, lots of water. I dehydrate quite quickly. I don't know whether it's my metabolism for my healthy lifestyle or whether it's just the fact that I chat a lot. Maybe that's the thing. You know, I mean, my throat's dry already talking on this podcast. Even with a pint of water next to me, it's still not enough. I was teaching a lot of games during that expo and you just dry up when you're teaching people because your throat dries up, you're talking, you've got to get your voice heard about everyone else. And even then, the idea is that you need to feel refreshed and keep your mind in check, and there is nothing worse for your mind than a dehydrated brain. So you need to have water with you, carry it around in bottles, carry multiple bottles if you can. Take around a water like you know, a flask or a thermos or something and just fill it up from the tap in your room or even from the you know even from the toilets and that well not from the toilet itself but you know from the tap you know and the bar was very nice and they actually filled up hers for tap water so you know you can go to the bar hand them your flask and they'll fill it up with tap water. It's certainly cheaper than buying the stupidly expensive mineral water stuff but you're gonna need a lot of it. You're gonna need to be drinking water constantly you cannot afford to be dehydrated at an event like this and believe me when you're playing games and concentrating you will dehydrate fast. I didn't drink anywhere near enough water that I should. When I went up to my hotel, I just downed as much water as I could and then went away and I kept forgetting to take my water bottle with me. I managed to grab a bottle during the event halfway through and then use it and then occasionally forget it again. But I should have really taken a big like sports bottle. Sports bottles would be great. One of those big sport flasks that you can take that you usually take to the gym or on a run. Take one of those, fill up with water, constantly fill up with water, constantly drink the water And just stay hydrated because you're just going to feel rubbish when you're eating mostly rubbish, especially if you're not bringing healthy snacks. And when you're trying to concentrate on games and your brain just can't think because it's too dehydrated to care. So number one tip, you know, this is not just for surviving at an expo. I mean, this is surviving health in general. This is surviving life in general. Drink plenty of water, get your eight pints minimum or whatever it's recommended these days, eight liters, I think. And just. You know, keep drinking water, keep drinking water, keep drinking water. Make certain that you stay hydrated. So that's it for the expo special. That was my top 10 tips for surviving an expo from my perspective. You know, you might have tips of your own or you might rank these in different orders. You know, drinking water might be something you don't really worry about and you're more concerned with the uh, cash in hand or maybe you're more concerned with the you know bags and snacks or you might even have tips of your own that I haven't mentioned and again I don't think this will be going up as a geek list unfortunately so you won't be able to add new tips to it but I do say get in contact on the Facebook page on Twitter you know this will go up on the blog as a separate thread so put some comments in there that sort of thing it'd be interesting to hear what tips you've got because obviously these are tips I could follow for the next expo as well but I can't really put this up as a geek list on BoardGameGeek because, you know, most, you know, you can't link it to games or anything. So it would just be like miscellaneous, miscellaneous, miscellaneous. And it would just look weird. If I can find a way around it, I will put it up. So I'm not going to just give up now. But there's a chance that this list won't appear on BoardGameGeek as a separate list. So just, you know, I'm glad you listened to the podcast and have already found out about the list rather than just playing the cheat and waiting for me to post the list up. But that was all I'm just going to say on that front. But in terms of gaming, I'm going to carry on with a lot more games. I've got stuff to open and unpack from the expo itself that, you know, still needs unboxing videos and stuff to play and learn the rules. I really enjoyed it, though. It's a great experience. I highly recommend you go to the next one if you weren't able to this year. And obviously take the tips from me. If it helps, you know, come up with your own. Listen to other people. You know, if you want to find out anything about Surviving an Expo, just go on Twitter and talk to everybody else who's been there. There's so many people that have been there and have had their own experiences and you know ups and downs. So just be aware of that. But for now, I better get on with sorting out some other games. And obviously, I need to edit this podcast and get it up over the weekend. So as I said, you will find a video review of Hanabi up, I suspect, and also a written review of Alien Frontiers either this weekend or in the first couple of days of the week. It's almost finished. It just needs a couple of extra bits written and obviously it needs to be finely tuned and have the photos taken from the game. But that's episode 19, the Expo special. Episode 20 will be another standard episode and I don't know what the theme for it will be. I have no idea what the next one will be. Just, you know, give it a two or three weeks for me to get on with it and, you know, well, I hope it will be a good one. I'm still sorting out, you know, audio tweaks and that. I'm getting in touch with some other people on twitter who i know have really crisp audio on their podcast and i'm going to see what their secrets are so i am working on developing this so if it's not 100 for you right now then you know i'm aware of the sound and that so you know i'll sort that out but if there's something about the format or some information you'd like to have that kind of thing or maybe like emphasize more about opinions rather than mechanics that kind of sort that kind of thing then by all means get in contact with me give me tips give me comments I would love to hear from you and you know hear your thoughts because I enjoy doing this podcast but I'm also doing it for you guys out there to enjoy so I don't want to record something that you lot aren't going to listen to anyway I'm rambling on too much I'm going to get outside and enjoy maybe a bit of the sun later because it has stopped being a thunderous storm now it seems to have cleared up relatively quickly and also get on with playing more games. So that's it from me on the Broken Meeple Podcast. This was episode 19, the Expo Special. Thank you for listening, and I'll be in touch soon. You've been listening to the Broken Meeple Podcast, a show devoted to board and card games on behalf of you, the gamers that play them. You can find the Broken Meeple on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+ my twitter feed is at the broken meeple facebook just search for the broken meeple same goes for google you can also find me on board game geek under the pseudonym of farmer giles if you wish to meet me face to face you can find me at several board gaming clubs in the local region the titanic pub hosts the southampton on board gaming club on monday evenings at seven o'clock The Portsmouth On Board meets up fortnightly at the British Legion in Portsmouth. Search for us on meetup.com for more information. And Chichester Board Game Club can be found on Facebook. Just search for TCGS or search for the Chichester Board Gaming Society. I'm Luke Hector, signing off now. Take care, enjoy playing games, and I'll see you soon.